Welcome to the Difference Makers podcast presented by Waterproof. I'm your host, Justin Tamani. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the top coaches, brand managers, and athletes on earth. From starting out to where they are now, we'll explore the journey of how they became a difference maker. Before we keep going, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to hear more from the Difference Makers. All right, guys, we're live. Welcome to the Difference Makers podcast. I'm here today with Chase Ingram and Bill Grundler. I feel weird saying that because I feel like I'm an, I'm introducing these iconic figures in the sport. So Bill and Chase are both affiliate owners, both CrossFit Games athletes, and both broadcasters in the sport. Um, so welcome to the show, guys. Yeah. Thanks, man. Glad don't to be use, here. Don't use the I word with us. Iconic is idiotic is the only I word. <laughs> I feel like this fits our skill set. I, I I hear that and the like my my brain just goes to like he's calling me old right on camera right oh, now. Man. He's just saying old. He's been here forever. Yeah. <laughs> There's two old guys in the sport that they've just been around forever. You guys just hear their voices and you know who they are. You guys remember uh, these guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. You guys have just been the voice of this sport since the beginning, really. Dude, we've been doing this shit a long time. Uh, yeah, Bill. Yeah. Well, Bill was doing it before I was. Bill was doing it before I even knew there was broadcasting. He's like, yeah, we used to do it at regionals. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, I was I, I, I was lucky enough to be at the first games. So okay. it, was, it was me and Marty Say and Justin Judkins. And to back then, oh, uh, Miranda, she was doing the sideline stuff. Yeah. Um, 2010. To, 2010. That was the first yeah. broadcast yeah. games. Yeah. Like, like actually broadcast. I mean, they, they did videos okay. and obviously the other stuff, but the first live broadcast, and none of us knew what the hell we were doing. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's a play by play? What's a color? You know, we just were talking. And back then, like now it's really cool. They have all the people that have, you know, we they brought in the best of the best producers and directors, so like they put us in the right places and everything. But back then, it was like, okay, ready and go, and you talked for eight hours, just go. eight hours nonstop. There wasn't yeah. there wasn't a break unless there was nothing on the field. Yeah, and it was nuts. Was twenty ten the first year at the Home Depot Center? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. It was crazy, man. It was so great, and we, I mean. We didn't know. We had no idea what we were doing. I had no idea. None of us were broadcast people. The only one that was was Marty Say. Was uh, he was a um, a broadcaster on a Canadian like news, uh, like a business news station, is where he came from. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's where. It, like, so he kind of had he had that voice, and he had that that at least the broadcast savvy. He kind of knew the part. And then all of us were just like, we could talk CrossFit. I'll talk CrossFit all day long. And, you know, oh, there's that workout and here's this and here's that. But as far as knowing the flow and, you know, who, what a color person is supposed to be talking about and what a play-by-play -play is. But we had no idea. We just were babbling on the on the microphone. Wasn't Justin, he'd had CrossFit radio at the yeah. time? It was, you know what sucks yeah. for Justin is that he was too soon in, like, Basically, he, he was like the first CrossFit podcast ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was CrossFit radio and he had guests and they just talked about CrossFit. And like, that's where they brought Justin in because he was like a, like a technical radio hosting dude yeah. into the broadcast team. And what's crazy now is like, he, he did that. When did he start? When was CrossFit oh, radio? When did that you know start? Uh, I, I want to oh, say like 2008. Yeah. I want to say like 2008. I, I dude, his story. I still have one of the CrossFit Radio T-shirts. So I have a vid. Oh, don't ever sell that shirt. Or no way, any of that shirt, and then maybe sell it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I met Justin, this is when we were we were all together in 2012, and you know, Bill was someone that was like a character and a, a figure in CrossFit to me. Justin Judkins was there because I listened to the show a little bit once I started really getting into CrossFit. Um, like even more. And we did this workout as a team. And I think he had just come off like hernia surgery. Oh, that's right. I remember that. And it's just like 12 to 14 of us all kind of meeting together for the first time and working out together for the first time. So we just tried to murder each other. 
Yeah. Or just, yeah. Whole, just pecking order to the yeah, max. No. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just, pecking order. You decided to like, okay, this is our one opportunity to decide where we all fall in the hierarchy <laughs> <laughs> in the group just based off this one workout. And poor Justin, like he was a weeks, months removed from a hernia surgery. And the dude should not have even worked out, but like there's a, there was a lot of peer pressure back and then. And he, he's a wrestler too. So you can't <laughs> tell a wrestler not to work out. But oh, on my that mentality, phone, <laughs> one of the first videos on my phone is of Justin Judkins sitting at the bottom of a stairwell on the soccer field in the Stub Hub Center, dry heaving for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys did this workout on the floor. Uh, we did it on the field. So in 2012, okay. were they using the soccer? Yeah, they started using the soccer field. I think yeah. they just started using, but they the beginning part. Remember that was like the warm up area and stuff oh, a lot yeah. of times. So yeah, they would have they stadium. Yeah, yeah, man, that was a long time ago. Whoa. I know. I still have a video. I don't think he knows I have that video, and I, for some reason, I just felt like I should save it, and I just have it there for a rainy day. <laughs> Man, it was like literally the first video I ever recorded on my phone because I never had like an iPhone until like 2011, 2012. <laughs> Dustin Judkins, man, CrossFit Radio. Look That's at this. some OG yeah. stuff. Like yeah. people don't know about that right now. Uh, oh. oh my gosh, there. dude! It is the very first one. <laughs> That's the first video I have on my cell phone, and it's of Justin Judkins dry heaving by a stairwell at the bottom <laughs> oh there it is gosh i forgot about that so chase how did you get how did you transition from crossfit games athlete to the broadcast booth reluctantly that's how i <laughs> that's okay. how i transitioned you know i was like bill i was like i held on as long as i could until i was basically just forcefully removed from a fitness <laughs> level <laughs> not to be able to do it. So, you know, Bill's first broadcasting gig was 2010 and that's when I had made the CrossFit game. So, yeah. And I, well, I was there very briefly. I think it was like four events and then I was cut and it was like a day and a half. And I was like, all right, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and 2011 was a big year to, to make it back. And, you know, there was a, there wasn't a lot of pressure from the outside, but just for myself to just, you know, I felt like I still had the ability to, and, and I did. Um, I ended up missing in 2011, um, barely. And then in 2012, I had to have shoulder surgery due to an injury I sustained in like high school. Um, mm. Didn't even know I did this. I swam and played water polo in high school and college. And I separated my shoulder playing basketball, but like a normal swimmer would, because they're the most unathletic land creatures to ever <laughs> the earth. Like you watch a bunch of swimmers play pickup basketball and it looks like they're still, still wearing their fins. Like that's, <laughs> that's the athleticism you see out there. Right. And so I ended up separating my shoulder. Didn't know I did it. Cause you know, every swimmer, you know, Bill, you know, this is like they, everyone's shoulders hurt. You just don't talk about it. It's just, yeah. Status well, right? Yeah, it's normal. And so when I got into CrossFit, as I got stronger and started lifting more weights and doing more high skill like upper body movements, I was like, you know, my shoulder really does still hurt, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not getting better. And then one day, it was uh, it was actually during JT, okay. so twenty one fifteen nine push push and push. Yeah, it was it push ups, ring dips, and handstand push ups. But at the yeah. time, the handstand push ups were strict. Not to date ourselves any more than we've already done in the first <laughs> ten minutes of the podcast. And I go down for a handstand push up, and it feels like my whole right side just turns off. And so I had to have. I found out like you know, I had the separation of my shoulder in high school, swimming on it for another six to eight years. I tore my rotator cuff fully, and had a about to have bicep tendon rupture. It was like 95% gone. And I had soaked all of my identity into training for and trying to compete at the CrossFit Games. And so when that wasn't a thing, this was during the Open, um, I sat down with a buddy of mine. His name's Richard Drew. So I'll just throw his name out there because it was, okay. what, that was 12, it was almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, 10, 11 yeah. years ago, yeah. uh, March of 2012. And I was like, I need to do something else because I'm lost. You know, I'm like, I have shoulder, shoulder surgery and I'm just, and he goes, you know what you should do? Cause they have those update shows for the CrossFit games. And it was like Roy McKernan and his bow tie and Matt <laughs> Sherwood with hair. <laughs> and I think Tommy Marquez was still getting coffee for everybody. I feel like that's, that's the stage at which we were at. 
And he's like, you should pitch um, how to pick and select teams for the CrossFit games. Cause I had done that for the last two or three years. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. And sent the only person in media that I knew just the, the, uh, the pitch idea for the, for the update show. And it was Dave Ray, who's a photographer for CrossFit forever. And now he does a lot of things with rogue. Um, and he lives in Austin, Texas. And every time I see him, I, I'm like, I give him a big hug. I'm like, the only reason why I'm here is because of you. Cause he forwarded my email to Tony budding. And then Roy McKernan calls me like four days later. And he's like, Hey, we're going to go broadcast the central East regional in 2012. Do you have any broadcast experience? I go, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go? I was like, absolutely. And <laughs> so that it was really that basic at the time with, you know, a lot of, you know, new CrossFit positions opening up is like, I just asked to be a part of something and then got the opportunity. Yeah. And <laughs> at the same time, I was talking to my girlfriend, now wife, um, <laughs> and I was like, hey, I got this broadcasting gig to go to regional. She's like, cool. When is it? And I was like, uh, when Bill was it? Sometime in May. Yeah. 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 Sometime in May. It was during your regional, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Cause I was, that's right. Yeah. And she's like, you know, that's the date of my law school graduation. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so do you want me to go to that? <laughs> And Wait, I, is that a thing? I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Is like, that a thing? You graduated college. Wait, did did already, you not hear what I just said? I get to go be a broadcaster. Did you miss that I part know. of the conversation? So, um, that was quite a thing to navigate as well. And I chose the broadcasting gig over <laughs> the graduation. And fortunately, she stuck with me <laughs> through that. And uh, we actually just celebrated our seven-year anniversary. So Still that's how, how it all came to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh and that was gosh. so 2012 uh regional that would have been the year after rich won his first one and there's a ton yes. of hype around him and you're at the central east and that was seen as like the big dog regional at the time the central beast regional, yeah that's what they called it back then yeah, yeah. although everybody was on when we i would because it, it was tryouts basically for this whole new broadcasting crew there was usually at regionals now there's like a play-by-play in color for individuals and then maybe a play-by-play in color for teams. Usually both guys do the same thing. Um, yeah. And it was like that, especially for me and Bill for years. Yeah. And they had like 12 people there just trying them out, seeing who's good, who's bad, who's going to get like a bid to the games for this. And the whole time, everyone's on their phones talking about Bill Grunler. I'm like, <laughs> Bill's in the lead and Bill's doing great. And I'm like, <laughs> and I didn't really know Bill that much yet. And I was like, who's this Bill dude? And why is everybody so hyped about Bill? <laughs> <laughs> because he's old, man. It's, he's old. What the heck is happening over there in California? And uh, I think it was it was after the first day where they had Diane. It was Diane, right? That was the yeah. first event of that yeah. weekend. And then was the second one the row pistol hang power? Yeah. yeah. So that was 24. Oh, which we'll be getting into next week. Um, oh, yeah, like Bill was kicking ass and in the lead and... <laughs> everyone's hyped up around it. And so like my first broadcasting experience didn't involve bill directly. Yeah. But centered around bill indirectly from him at another regional. It was actually cool. I remember getting like texts from like Pat Sherwood and, and everybody like, dude, first question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm just, I don't know, doing my thing. <laughs> I still, I still got to get my t-shirt made though. I, I, that was, I think I am the oldest athlete to beat rich in a, a like a, a competition setting like that where all the regionals were, were standardized so everyone's doing the same stuff i beat rich and diane on that that year and I'm, and you I'm, did I'm, it on the same weekend so people can't say that you saw what he did you yeah, did yeah. on the same and i had weekend. no idea what was happening. i just came out and just did my thing like i remember because i was in there with like kenny leverich and David Lipson and like those cats, you know, Jeremy Kinnick and like those old, old school guys. And, um, they were ahead of me in the beginning, but like, just like gymnastic events will go, like you push so fast and all of a sudden you get to a point where you either fail or you just can't do the next one. And somehow I got past Kenny in the end. And all of a sudden I, I came off the wall after the last nine and I'm looking around and I'm like, what? And what I what what I'm the only one up, so I won. No way! I was all excited, <laughs> like oh my gosh, it was crazy. 
but um yeah that was a crazy year you guys are dropping some names that we haven't heard for a long time and <laughs> probably a lot of the listeners don't even know who they are we like are we are the we are the human embodiment of the CrossFit uh, coffee table book. Oh, so like good. you just you kind of yeah. cre- you know, we will we can flop through uh, verbal pictures of the old landscape of what CrossFit was, which I think I honestly believe I. It's not about like um, back in my day that kind of a thing. It's a remembering where you came from. I think, which is really, yeah. really important. I mean, the landscape now with CrossFit is such a cool setup, um, and it's funny to talk to people that are like, oh, how long I been doing CrossFit? Oh yeah, five years. Do you remember so and so? Nope, don't remember that name at all. I'm like, how do you not remember that name? <laughs> yeah, like that's the precursor to this entire, you know, whatever we're talking about. And so. Mm-hmm. I really, that's one of the things that I, you know, of all the things that we do and, you know, all the, all the different pieces that we've touched with, you know, broadcasting or the podcast or commentating or, or whatever it is. I love being able to be that bridge between the, the, the origins of CrossFit competition. Not, I mean, obviously there are going to be people like, like Andy Sakamoto and stuff like that, that were Nicole Carroll, that were the original workout people. Yeah, that you would see, you know, in the videos and stuff. But as far as the competition goes, being able to bridge that, you know, the breaking ground of the competitions and being able to explain that and, and be able to carry that to the people that are doing it now. I mean, the stuff that people are doing now, like you compare the two, you compare the two sides, like they don't even really equate, you know, what yeah. the athletes were doing back then. And even we were like, oh my gosh, that's an unreal. And then you look at it now and it's like, they they, they would barely it probably wouldn't even qualify, <laughs> you oh, know, no, I mean, yeah, like, not even no. remotely close, <laughs> but uh, being able to bridge that in, in showcasing that um, the history of, I think, I think it's such a cool thing, you know, it's such a cool thing. I'd say Bill is like the three eyed Raven of <laughs> CrossFit games. <laughs> <laughs> Just seen it all. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy to think that like Emma Carey and uh, Mal O'Brien were like infants. Yeah. When this thing started, literally, they yeah. were, yeah, maybe, maybe born. I mean, yeah, two, two, maybe, maybe two, because it's 15 years of the Cross of Games, right? Yeah, 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 17 at the games, yeah. And Emma Carey had just turned 17 between like the open and the games, so, yeah. yeah. They're one and two, yeah, at the first Cross of Games. And you look at sports like baseball and football and soccer, and you're like, oh, they've been around like hundreds of years. Like we're pulling stats from the early 1900s. And then you're like, oh, this just started. Yeah. And, that, and that's, you know, we, and we say that, and we, we'll say that a lot. You know, it's a young sport. It's a young sport. It's a young sport. It doesn't, when you're in it, it doesn't feel young. But when you stand back and you yeah. look actually, you know, what we are. And so, you know, you, everyone will, they complain about this thing or they complain about that or they'll complain about the standards or they'll complain about the scoring or they'll complain about whatever. We are just exiting our first decade of trying to figure out the best way to do this test. And so yep. there are uh, multiple variations of, okay, and, and that's in that's what's important to remember. Yes, it's a competition, but it is a test to try to find the fittest person. A competition to try to find the fittest person, obviously. Uh, yeah. But the test has to go through these different variations to figure out what's the right way. I mean, you look at baseball, you look at football. It's not like this stuff didn't change to get to where it was. You know, there was a lot of playtime and a lot of figuring out, well, let's try these rules. Well, how about these rules? Well, how about these rules? Until it whittles its way down to, okay, now it's standardized and move forward from there. But, um, yeah, we, we, I, it's young, man. Really young. Not yes. sort of young. Like, it's still a baby. It's still oh, yeah. a baby. And to think that like, you know, you look back at some of the past years with even in the last five years, how much has changed within the, the competitive landscape and, and the, even how it's presented to the audience. Yeah. The floor oh. layout, stuff like that has changed so much in such a short period of time. That's actually been a, there was a big disparity, I think, in the early days of like the broadcasting part, like the competitive, the competition broadcast, not the not the update shows and that kind of thing, but um, the battles that used to happen between Tony Budding, who was the you know the, the media <laughs> side, and then Dave Castro, who was the the competition director side, of trying to show show like, okay, well, what's more important? And back then, it was the competition if you were Dave, and it was the broadcast if you were Tony. 
And now what's really cool is the media side and the competition side has understanding that what's more important. And the answer would be like, yes, it's kind of, it's the same question as what's more important moving correctly or moving fast. And the answer would be yes. It's the same thing. You got to have both. And so, you know, now a lot of the competition stuff in, and Dave's gotten really good at this, you know, where he's designed these appropriate tests, Mm -hmm. but then making it set up a certain way to like, okay, we can still do the test, but make it look this way. So you can see who's winning. You can talk about who's winning. The fans can get behind who's winning and that it really does take work to do that. Not, I mean, programming itself is an art, but programming for the test, also making it look a certain way is like a whole nother level to that art. You know, I mean, to, there's a lot, there's a lot of variables to put in there. And I think, I think he does a really good job. It's been a lot of years to do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's, he's done a really good job of doing that. Introducing the Wadproof Experience, designed to help you perform better than ever and stay focused on your goals. Unlock the power of our global community, become a content creator, and inspire others. You can now create your own communities or connect with other members worldwide. Compete and share your knowledge with our new user-centric design. One of the biggest feedbacks that you kind of hear from time to time from the athletes is that they're not showcased if they're not the one or two or maybe even three within the heat, you know, well, one of the issues. Sports. With, yeah. <laughs> How do you guys balance that out with like that visual of, of 20 athletes on the floor at a time and, and only being able to see one or two of them? Well, there's a, a big communication thing. I think people don't really understand is what goes on behind the scenes during a broadcast. Right. And so we yeah. have, you know, if it's me and Bill in the booth, we can obviously talk to each other because we hear each other and we have, we're mic'd up, but we're also mic'd up uh, and listen to a producer and a director in the truck. One is looking at every camera that's on the field and selecting which one that should be seen. And for us is that we see what you see at the exact same time. Yeah. We may get a little f- it, it heads up and ears like, Hey, we're going to lane six or, you know, this is coming up. And usually we're following where the producer and the director takes us, right? And sometimes like if, you know, if Bill's doing color, he has an opportunity to say, if I'm talking is to look out on the field, if we're even in a position to do so and talk back to the director and producers like, Hey, this is going on over there. But at the same, you know, in the end, you're calling a race, right? Yeah. You're not calling your 12 buddies working out in your gym that you just want to go around and high five and give them a cue and then move on to the next one. Like we're not doing that. We're calling a sport. So if we're doing a track meet, right, we just had the Olympics go on and someone's in a lead that's about to break the world record. Why would I go to lane six? Who's just getting smoked by everybody while I'm watching a race take place, right? Yep. Yeah. Sorry. We didn't talk about six of the 10 people because they were irrelevant to the race that was actually happening on. So I think a lot of people just like anything is like they have their favorites or their friends or their family and they want to see their favorites. But if they're not making an impact on the event, on the race of what the really, the real story is, then they're not a part of it. That's just, it goes. And, and, and so there's a story within the story. Obviously there's the, who is winning this race. Then there's also the, what is the story that's taking place? So the only time really we will go back into the field and see like, you know, someone that's falling way behind is if it's Matt Fraser that can't get up the rope or it's Pat Vellner who is limping in the back of the bike or is at the very back of the swim because he's one of the big stories and he's you know supposed to be the next Matt Fraser taking that spot and now he's last coming out of the, like those are the things that like that's a story and that's a big piece of the overall picture of what we're trying to paint to everyone but the priority is going to be who's winning this race and in one of the things in in race in in any any kind of race that, we, that you talk about if you're going to be calling a competition you will be able to see the top three because they're usually battling back and forth. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh usually <clears throat> is like in this weird eclipsed place. Because as one, <laughs> yeah. two, and three is coming in and you're kind of talking about why they got there, how they, you know, what they did, maybe there's replays or you're seeing them kind of writhing around and rolling around on the ground during that time, four, five, six, seven comes through the, through the finish line. So you don't see them. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, the time cap was longer than we needed to go. 
And now we have another five minutes and we have five people left on the floor. And it's like, okay, now we're going to end up talking about these guys because we have five minutes left to go. Now, <laughs> right, we have, yeah. now we're, we have now we're going to be talking about that. We, we have to. Yeah. Not that that's bad, but you will get these athletes that will be in the top 10 overall, maybe not on the podium spot. Maybe they're like, you know, sixth place, fifth place. So they're pushing for that podium, but you didn't really get to see them compete because they're in that eclipse. They didn't have a, they didn't knock it out of the park and they didn't fall off the fence. They're somewhere in the middle. So it's a very weird timing thing. And it, I mean, I, I get it. Everybody wants to see their people and you know, it's like, Hey man, my sponsors and they want to see. And, and it's like, I, the answer to that is, well, then either do better or do worse. It's either Ricky Bobby, right? You either oh, first, you're first or, or you're last. last. You got to pick one. You can't just be average. No one's <laughs> you have to be yeah. exceptionally good or extravagantly awful. <laughs> yeah. Try telling your sponsors that. <laughs> this isn't going to be mine, but I promise I'll get dead last. It's going to be me in two minutes until the time cap. And I'll, you know, I'll just wear your shirt and I'll be on the broadcast. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want the most FaceTime? There's a deadlift box jump workout coming up. And I guarantee you, I'll be the only guy out there for five minutes. <laughs> in your t-shirt. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, so for you guys with your uh, podcast, so we didn't talk about it at the top, but you guys have Get With The Programming. Mm -hmm. How do you guys balance kind of being critical of CrossFit and also working for them? Is there any conflict uh, there or being critical of some of the programming? Yeah, and the, there's a delicate balance. And I think a, a lot of it stems with, you know, how me and Bill grew up in the CrossFit community and as well as like CrossFit internally is that internally, especially in like seminar staff stuff, yeah, was some of the biggest things they do is give constructive feedback. And a lot of times the best feedback you can get to improve something is to be informed of what it is that you need to improve. And you do that by making mistakes. And then they come in and they like, Hey, listen, these are all the things you did. Well, these are all the things you need to work on to get better so that we all get better. And when we have any type of criticism or critique of the programming or what had happened is that it's all coming from a place of constructive feedback. These are the things, and it's okay to say, you didn't do this right because everyone's going to make mistakes. That's me. That's Bill. That's CrossFit. That's Dave. That's, you know, that that's just going to happen. That's human nature. And there's a way to address that. You know, there is a delicate balance, but you know, for, for me and Bill and, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to speak for Bill himself, but like, we are always honest with our opinions, positive or negative, but at the same time, we provide a explanation or a way to get better as opposed to just complaining. And that's the thing that drives me crazy with a lot of things today is like people will just complain to complain. And they'll offer no solution or ideas to make it better, to make it, to, to improve the product. So from us, is like, if we have any criticism, it's backed by a solution or an opinion that we both have. So yeah, if they, that wasn't the right thing based off our opinion, we give a um, opinion process to make it better. Right? And it, it, but it is, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. And the other thing that I think that the nice thing, the fact that we've been around CrossFit for so long, we've done a lot of different things in CrossFit, you know, as far as broadcasting and competing and, you know, being an affiliate owner and living the life of CrossFit is that, you know, we will say that a lot of times. Hey, we are just armchair quarterbacking this particular competition or this games event or these, you know, this, the open or whatever it is. Um, we know as programmers that sometimes we will do, we will set up a, a beautiful workout and it will hit just perfect. And other times it'll be like, Whoa, dang, missed the mark on that one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it ha it totally happens, you know? And so all the, time. all the time, you know, so it's, I think that, you know, we, are open enough to say that we 
think that we are good at what we do. We've done it for a really long time, but we still mess up also. And we recognize when we do. And so here we are looking at these other events and explaining what it is, explaining why we think it's a messed up. And, and, and in all reality, we just go, there will be times when Chase will think one way and I will think the other way. Yep. And it's, I think, refreshing the fact that me and Chase are close and we could have completely different opinions and be like, dude, I do not agree with what you're talking about. Nope, not even close. And be like, all right, well, that's what you think. And I think this. And we're cool with that. Like, right. That's okay. It doesn't mean that I think he's a jerk or he thinks I'm a jerk. It's like we can have our opinions and that's okay. But what we are doing is we are throwing some information out to the listeners that are that are paying attention um, about our uh point of view on that particular thing why we think it's good and just like chase said you know we're, we're trying to give constructive criticism of and using our opinions of why we think it's good or bad what we think would make it better or is there any way to make it better at all or is it perfect or you know whatever um and, and again it's restating it's our opinion so yeah, right. we, we there have been a lot of you know there have been a lot of weird things that have happened with crossfit and i think you know with even in the programming side we will always try to say hey this is not a shot on CrossFit. This is not a shot on Dave. This is not a shot on, I mean, there was a lot of, there were a lot of things we talked about in the open this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, finals, especially and the quarterfinals. And at no time did we say CrossFit has their head up their ass. Dave had his, has his head up his ass. <laughs> I mean, we were like, okay, that's way excessive. That shouldn't have been this way. It should have <laughs> been like this. What if we retool it and we do it this way? And I think that's one of the things that we, we have done well, you know, and this a lot of this is guided by Chase. He's like, "Hey, what if we what if we take all the things that we said that were messed up and we retool the whole thing, yeah. just to show that it can be re restructured?" Doesn't mean that ours is perfect. Just right. means that it's another version of it. And so I, I think that it's been really fun. It hasn't been a "we are right, you are wrong." It hasn't been a "this sucks." It's a hey, "here's another way to do it." Yeah. Here's another way to do it. And, you know, it's been it's been pretty open that way, which has been really it's been really fun. I think I my, the most fun I have uh, really is when we disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> not, not like a like a first take fake. you like, let's just argue to stir up drama and, and listeners and what it's like. I I love the way Bill and I handle not agreeing on a subject because I respect Bill's opinion and point of view. And he respects mine. And we can literally just sit there and be like, I do not agree with you. Totally. I respect where you're coming from, but we'll just move on to the next topic. And it doesn't, not, nothing always, I think feel like people don't understand is like, you don't always have to win and you don't always have to lose. And, yeah. that, and that's a lot of the problems with a lot of things these days. It's like, oh, this is the way. It's like, there, no, there's not. Like, right. <laughs> it's, unless it's math, there is not one answer to this this problem right now right because yeah. all of its debate and ideas and personal opinions and you know we have our own um as much you know the the, the negative ones probably get more attention because like oh how could you yeah, say yeah. something like that but it's like i mean shoot for 15 years of crossfit programming in the spotlight you think you're not going to have a couple that just miss oh, or, yeah, yeah. or a slump you know if, if people looked at you know, Bill's 13 years of programming and mine 12 years of programming and just picked it apart on a podcast or national television for, I was like, you know how much crap I would get for all the bad things I've programmed over the years, <laughs> you know? So it's like, and it just, it's in the limelight. And, you know, for Bill and I, it's like, yeah, you do walk a fine line because these are people you respect. They're friends. They're people you care about. And it's all centered around CrossFit and the CrossFit community and the CrossFit Games, which we care about even more. I yeah. care more about CrossFit and the CrossFit community and the games than I do about any single person that works for CrossFit or that I'm friends with. And Bill will say the same thing. Totally. And that's why we're critical sometimes because it's not about the person. It's not about the event. It's about the CrossFit community. It's about the games and it's about CrossFit as a whole. And that's where all of our opinions centered around, not a person. Yeah. And, and, and that's where we come from. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome take. You know what? When you guys talk about the community and being so heavily, you know, focused on that, it's, you know, this is the spectacle or the games, you know, specifically is a spectacle that gets the most eyes. It gets the most viewers. And it, you know, it, yeah. when it fails, like, 
there's been some pretty noticeable fails, but when it hits, it's like, you know, that was something special. Yeah. That was really something special to see and to, to watch. And, and this year specifically, you want to know what's crazy is it's very easy when, when it goes great, you just kind of have like a, a good feeling like, Oh man, that was awesome. But it's just like any other thing in sports. When there is a bad call, when there is a bad something, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. one, that one tiny right. thing will has like the 10 times effect over anything that was good. It's like the, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you can do 10 good things and all it takes is one to ruin your, yep. You know, one yeah. bad thing to ruin your, your reputation, like that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, I, I think that, you know, there needs to be a little bit of grace that's given to anything that's happened. I mean, even in, even in, even in sport, I mean, Oh yeah. I, it, it, when you have, you know, if it's a judging call, whenever you have a human that's out there, there's going to be some subjectivity and no matter what the rules are, you know, no matter what sport you're talking about, there's going to be a, that was a bad call. That was a bad play that referee, that judge, that whatever, or it's a, uh, you know, the, the, the cut line or the scoring tables or the event or the order of the events. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact of the matter is that shit happens sometimes. And you still like everyone's still playing by the same game, the same the same pieces. They're all tossed into the same bucket together. And um, I don't know. I, I I think that they're people just love to talk, and that's what that's the society that right yeah. now everyone just that's wants it. to kind of bitch about everything. So it makes it you know easy to do that. But that'll do what we can when we, when we broadcast. Yeah, I mean, me and Bill will broadcast. <laughs> three, four days of competition for like 10 to 12 hours. And the only feedback we'll get is a name we screwed up or a movement we didn't get right. Or, you know, like the one time I said the one thing or didn't label this body part the right way, or I said the wrong movement in the workout description. And that's the only feedback we'll get. <laughs> and that's just what it is, right? And like that, it doesn't bother me. Like it just, it, you know, bothers some people. I know some um, people that work in this air field that like scour like Reddit and whatever their comments are saying about <laughs> broadcasting. Hey, you see this? Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. and, and I said yeah. before, like, I don't care about one person's opinion about anything because I'm not doing it for that. And so it's just, that's just the way it is. And, and honestly, it, it, the fact is, they can have their opinion. Yeah, okay? <laughs> they're allowed. That's that's what's great about opinions is you're allowed to have your opinion. It's yeah. yours. You just can think whatever you can think whatever you want. Yeah. Just don't treat it as fact and judge me by your own personal yeah. standards. Yeah. The opinion yeah. is your opinion, you know. And and that's and that's what's when you know, when me and Chase are talking, we have our opinions, we have our angles that we come from, you know, our programming perspectives, and you know, our priorities and what we think is important and how we design and. What we think is going to be uh, priorities in in whatever it is that we're setting up, because that's the way that we do what we do. That's not to say that the way that I do is the only way or the right way. It's my way. Chase does his way. Yeah. And when you line them up, it's like uh, the 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 you can't say that they're competing next to each other necessarily because they're two different paths. Mm -hmm. you know yeah. um so i that's i i don't know i i love when i hear people complain about whatever and like you know we'll get a lot of people that will talk about you know, we make a big deal about the nine foot target rule <laughs> um, and we have a lot of people that talk about the nine you know there should not be a nine foot target on wall balls we just oh. don't think that that should be a thing we both agree with that yeah. because of where we come from but there was a lot of people out there that think that they feel um, that there should be that. And so we get into discussions about that. And the, the discussion is what the discussion is. A lot of times the discussion comes down to at least us educating or coming from our professional experience uh, mindset of why we think it's this way. I, I will never program a nine-foot wall ball, ever. I don't think I ever have, honestly. It's a scaled option in my gym. Interesting. You know? Um, so uh, that's, uh, you know, whatever, if, if CrossFit wants to have that, that's their option to do it. It's their competition. So they can put whatever, they can make a four foot target if they wanted to. I, I mean, that's, it's their choice. Um, I wouldn't do that, but it's their choice. We might talk about that in our podcast about how we think that that's the wrong thing, but it is what it is, you know? 
like, yeah, for an example, like me and Bill program for our affiliates completely yep. differently. Totally. Oh completely yeah. Differently. What would you say you, you would, what's your style that, uh, what, what are those little difference makers between you guys? Well, I mean, for, so for me, it's like, I have like an outline for the week and I do 12 weeks at a time and I have specific things for specific days. And okay. I, and I move around like strength, long, heavy, I, like I rotate that throughout the week, but Bill, Bill is every day is, is a strength in a Metcon. Basically for the yeah. majority, right? For the for majority, that. for the majority. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't, I don't do that. In fact, we had a whole episode about programming pet peeves and that was in my top five. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. At least and it wasn't and, number one. Well, number one, but like, you know, it was just. That's the funny thing is like we have these two different ways and like there's nothing wrong with the way Bill programs. Zero. No. Hell no, there isn't. And people <laughs> love that. And it works because, you know, in the way Bill talks about it is like, listen, it's a free flow schedule. People have weird things. So we just do a little bit of everything every day to accommodate just life itself. And I was like, that's a great way to do it. You know, it's like yeah. mine is more OCD structure. <laughs> <laughs> because that's just how I am in my gym. I'm only OCD in the confines of my affiliate box. Everywhere else is just a mess. <laughs> and that's just the way we do it. And, you know, it's like, I love, and I love Bill's programming. Like the way he puts workouts together and assembles them is like, it's fantastic. Right. But the way we put things together on a weekly basis for an affiliate are two completely different processes, not necessarily different actual workouts or programming. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that, that, that's our experience. That's our history. That's how we were brought, you know, we were, these things will be how we were brought up either in our early days of CrossFit or our, or our coaching days or our athletic days, or, you know, even, even some of that comes down to how we're trying to do what we're doing business-wise. I mean, there is a, one of the things that I've learned doing this is there is a big difference between being a coach and being a business owner. And sometimes mm. when you are programming, <laughs> you're not programming for someone who's trying to qualify for the CrossFit Games. And they're like, coach, I'm paying you to get me to the games. There are people yeah. that are coming in that want to work out. They want to lose weight. They want to be healthier. Uh, they they want to they yeah. enjoy that hour. They want to feel good when they leave. They want to do whatever. And what do they need to do that? So I, I was just having this conversation with one of my coaches the other day who uh, he was all excited. He had to get uh, one of his um, uh, certifications, you know, re-upped and everything. So he just went through the seminar again and was all fired up and all, you know, CrossFit out and all ready to just let, just lower all this great information and coaching cues on everybody. And it's like, Hey, I get that. But again, this is not a, you know, when they come in here, this is their time. You're it's your job to make their day better, not showcase how great of a coach you are by using all these cues and just hammering them on all this stuff. Yeah. It's a fine line of trying to walk that. Yeah. So, um, you know, whether it's programming, I know, you know, so programming, um, I now have some of that that's built in to my programming because I want people to feel, I want them to feel like they're getting the most out of the time that they're here. I, I would have a hard time, me personally, and this is one of the things that I'm kind of, I kind of guide myself with is if I'm traveling to another box and in that box we're doing, and this is a big discussion, five by five back squats. Yep. I'm going to be like, <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know if I want to pay $20 for that, you know, yeah. on the drop in for that. That's not to say that there isn't, you know, on if you if you talk to you know, a, a major, I think a majority of like the seminar staff group have that feel of hey, because that's that's very CrossFit.com-ish. It's like if it says yeah. five by five, mm -hmm. it's not just twenty five reps. Right. There's teaching. There's learning. There's warming up. There's um, working on your technique and working on your body positioning. There's all of these things that go into that, and that gives the coach a lot of opportunity to go around to all the people in the class and make sure that they're, you know, that they're working on the virtuosity and they're doing all these. And that is awesome because that is important to what we do. Virtuosity in CrossFit is a very important thing for all the people to think that. You know, oh, you just want to move fast. You just want to move heavy. You don't care about position. That is so not true. <laughs> just because there are people that do that doesn't mean that that's what the that's what the emphasis is. So, that is a very important thing. I I know for myself, 
that if I was to go in and I had to pay that, I would have a hard time doing that. So that's where I like when I'm talking, like when I'm looking at my people, it's like, oh, I want to make sure you are getting the most out of your time here. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of people, if they aren't used to, I'm coming in for coaching, yeah. they're like, I just want to get some sweat going. Mm-hmm. That, that That's hard to balance. And so, I mean, that's, I, again, there's not a right or a wrong. It's just a how you choose to do it. Um, and I, I just choose to do it the way that, that we do it. And, you know, Chase chooses to do it the way he does it. His people love his programming and, and his setup and my people love our program and our setup. Yep. And it's cool. And it's all right. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. That's what makes CrossFit <laughs> affiliates so great is you can do that. It's not a franchise. I was coaching you know? an athlete the other day and he asked me, how many, uh, different CrossFit workouts are there? Ooh. <laughs> oh, my I was God. like. Like there's an infinite number of workouts. <laughs> how, many, how many stars are there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the universe. Oh my god, that's a that's a very that's a actually kind of a cool question. Yeah, because you see someone that is like, that's like a little kid asking about, about you know, like where do babies out. come from? <laughs> like, that's a big question right there. Yeah, that's funny. I asked a question to the first uh, affiliate I I, I joined the guy who owned it. I was like, how do you become a, like, how do you get a hero workout? And you told me, I go, Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want one named after me. <laughs> <laughs> they have it. Isn't that 2159 deadlift? Yeah. Right. Box 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 <laughs> I feel like there's a story there. Is, is, are you the talking now the regional workout, workout the deadlift yeah. box? Jump? I mean, it's come up a couple of times now. Two-time regional workout event. Yeah. There's a story there. <laughs> uh okay the quick story was you know, I, I mentioned at the top of the show is in 2011 i barely missed the crossfit games it's because of that stupid event is because i barely missed the crossfit games because i yeah. got 34th in that event and <laughs> it didn't help that the scoring system was points per place finishing so if you get a 34th place finish you're pretty much done and the, but it didn't matter that the other four events was a first two seconds and a third. Don't worry about that part where I had four finishes in the top three, but that 34th place deadlift F and box jump workout <laughs> kept me out of the crossing games in 2011, which was super great. So then I had shoulder surgery in 2012. I spent this whole year getting back to form. I'm at the 2013 regional <laughs> and I am blowing the doors off everyone. I am winning at the halfway point by 23 points. 23 points in a point per play system. Basically, I have it locked up, except for the fact that the fourth event was the damn 21 <laughs> jump workout again, where I took 41st and it effed me up so bad that I took 41st in event six and I took 41st again in event six, event five and six, and I ended up in like 20th overall. I went from first by an insurmountable lead to dead effing last in the next three events because of that stupid deadlift box jump event. So if you wanted the story, there is. <laughs> Could you imagine what the long version of that story would have been? <laughs> oh, if it makes you feel any better, I missed the my first year I did the open. I missed regionals because of the deadlift, push press, box jump event. That Amra. Oh, yeah. Yes. 15 reps moved me up something like 200 places on the leaderboard. Wow. And I, it was the year. So they, they think they took 60 to regionals in 2013. 2012, 2013, whatever it was, they took 60 yeah. and I finished 68th. But oh. on that one workout, 15 reps, one round, actually, sorry, it was 15 reps, one set of the box jumps. Yeah. Would have moved me up 200 places on the leaderboard in Candy East. Yeah, me and oh Bill had a peak of that. So, that, that yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> 11 minutes of box jumps. Box jumps. <laughs> <laughs> that workout is the death of me. No, that's a terrible workout. Don't ever do that one again. so for you guys practicing do you guys ever practice your broadcast skills like how do you guys do that how do you guys just get ready for an event i mean we no (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to say no like we don't prep right yeah there's a difference between prep and practice and a lot of me bill and i's practice was like off-season stuff Okay. Yeah. And like Bill, Bill got into that world before I did. And it was, it was, I was so thankful for Bill because, you know, he would help me get these like offsite or off season broadcasting gigs, which was very, very rare in the early. It's still very rare now, honestly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was like Granite Games and Wadapalooza. Yeah. Like Bill and I were the first only broadcasters for Wadapalooza 
for for like the elite individuals and teams. And the same thing for Granite Games. And then Bill gets a gig in Dubai <laughs> and gets me out cool. there, which is super <laughs> cool. And then we did the East Coast Classic when it was uh, Ben Bergeron's deal. Yeah. It's like so a lot of our practice was the off season stuff that none of the other broadcasters did. Yeah. Um. And and all those gigs are just like can't, like hustling. And, totally. Yeah. You know, just in me riding Bill's coattails for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that's the practice part but the prep that i mean that comes that i don't think that ever stops the prep yeah, yeah. it's like you know we watch what happens during the open we watch everything that happens in regionals we look at the off-season stuff we get information from like chad schroeder who truly is the three-eyed raven dude that CrossFit, guy, yeah right chad schroeder is the stats man for crossfit and he has everything everything yeah, yeah. Chad had shit from 2011 that you cannot find on the internet. And he had all the answers to those questions. It was crazy. Everything that he has. So like that prep is that preps 24 seven. Yeah. And it, and it's not really prep like bill. It's just what we do. Like, this is all we talk about. Like not to sound like stupid and boring, like, Oh, this is all you guys do. We just talk <laughs> about cross. It is like, no, we're just like, that's how invested we are. So it's just, it's, it never leaves. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the prep is more like individualized with new people, but the practice was all those off season events. And I, I think one of the things like we don't, there are commentators, I think um, in, in all kinds of different sports where they come at it as a fan. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that we are, and Chase has said that Chase has said that, you know, he's, you know, we're fans across it. And I, I'm not going to say that we aren't fans, but we, we have a very, we have a much deeper connection to what it is. We have been competitors. We have been coaches for athletes. We have uh, the general community. We are coaches on the floor for all different levels of people. We do programming ourselves. We don't have a problem talking and communicating about this stuff. And so this is like, that's the world that we're in. So as far as like, you know, do we practice the the talk about CrossFit? No. And I mean, in fact, the way that we got put into our spots was we don't have, we're not afraid to talk on air. We're not afraid to talk. You know, we like the light doesn't go on and we don't go. Uh, I, have, I have nothing to say now. Yeah. Like if they, if someone says, Hey, stretch it out. That's what we do, man. Like I, yeah. you want to talk for two hours? You know, I, we've been on podcasts where they're like, Hey, just to let you know, the podcast is going to be 45 minutes. That might be a long time. I'm like, dude, all you need to ask me is one question. I will fill that time. Yeah. I'll stress. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, that's what we do. So the talking, yeah, the talking part is not an issue for us. You know, it was more making sure that we, as long as we know what the event is and we start bringing in our information and then, you know, of course, a play by play has, they have their part that they're, that they're in their information that they want to work with. And the color will have their part and information that they want to work with so that that, broadcast can flow and then i think more what's important now for the the broadcast um shows that go on at different places is that there is a a very unique synergy between those two people and um and, you know i've worked with sean for a lot of years i've worked with chase for a lot of years uh even from my position there there are two different tempos when I'm working with each of those guys, uh, that's not a good or a bad. It's just, that's the flow. I have a certain, I have a certain tempo with Sean and I have a certain tempo with chase. Um, and what's interesting is when a lot of, you know, they're, they're bringing in new players and they're bringing, you know, they want to test some more people. They want to grow the the team, the, the media team, and you bring in some other people that flow will get disrupted. And I don't think the general public necessarily can see it, but since I know these guys, like I'll be able to see the flow get <laughs> yeah. different. All of a sudden, someone's saying something that they always say that's kind of like their little, their little, um, uh, their crutch word because they're waiting to think. It's like ah, that that tempo's not there how it normally is, or someone's talking more than normal, or not as much as normal as they usually are. And um, I I think the 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 practice is just experience between the two. I mean, when I sit down with Ch when we sit down to talk. It's, I mean, we, we've obviously done, a, you know, the, the very professional edge of the broadcast side and then the very low key of our podcast. And there is a difference between the two. I mean, we, when yeah, we're on our yeah. podcast, 
it's like me and Chase sitting down at a table with a beer. And that's kind of one of the things that he wanted. He wanted that show yeah. to be that design like that. Us talking about the events with a beer in our hand after <laughs> the, after the crowd, that's what, that's what his, that's what he wanted it to look like. Yeah. When we're on the air, we try to get very professional, meaning yeah. Chase wants to tell you what is happening, who is in the lead. I'm going to tell you why they're there and how they got there and what they should be doing with that. So that's, that's kind of the, the setup with that. And, um, you know, the more, the more times you get to do that, that flow becomes very natural and very easy. And it gets very, I think, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's a re it's really nice. You, you look at any of the, any of the other sports that have their commentators that have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. You, you almost feel comfortable when they're talking. It's, it's like yeah. they're picking up a nice warm blanket and laying it over you because you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I know what's happening now. I can obviously see what's happening, yeah. but now I know this and I hear these things and what they should be doing, why they're doing it and who's doing this and what, you know, what points need to be made and all this. It just may, it, it really, the idea is to kind of fill in the cracks of the experience for the viewer the you know, entertain and, and, uh, and, and educate while they're watching it. So, yeah. yeah. I, the, and you're spot on with the rhythm stuff. Cause and then for me is like, I've been on both sides, like <clears throat> play by play and color, but like when, you know, me and bill work together, I do play by play. So like I call yeah. what's happening and bill, like he just said, he's like the why, the how, all that stuff. Yeah. And you know, he's right. It's like our podcast is pretty laid back and we try to make sure that we're having fun. And even, you know, the times where, you know, we're, upset about something and <laughs> or i am and um but on our broadcast like we are very professional but we want to make sure is that people are having fun while it's happening right so yeah, yeah. we're doing our jobs professionally but we're having a great time while we're doing it and and that's really what i have i love about working with bill is that you know, so if, if I was like oh I, I have to go to dubai honey i'm sorry i'm gonna be gone for seven days and i have to work yeah, which is a total lie, and I don't. Want to <laughs> it's not work. He's like, I get to hang out with my best friend, and I get to broadcast with my best friend, and I get to have fun. If we have to call fourteen straight hours of stuff, it doesn't matter because we're very professional at what we do. We're very good at what we do for CrossFit. We've been doing it for over a decade, and we have a lot of fun while we do it. And what we hope is that people get that education from the broadcast from the professional side between me and bill but they have a great time with the broadcast too it's not just someone's like this is what it is and how it's happening and this is why and blah 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 it's like yeah, yeah. instead of being at a table on a couch having a beer we're in a broadcast booth having a beer while <laughs> not really we i was gonna say that's the stuff you're not supposed to tell people <laughs> uh, that was, that, what was that it was that uh the north cal regional it was a Oh that? my god, it was. It was yeah. in NorCal Regional in 2015. That was when I blew my knee out. The yes. Regionals. Was it 2015 yeah. or 2015? Bill's gimping around the entire weekend because he just <laughs> tore his ACL the weekend previous. And it's like the final event of the final day of the final regional, right? This is the last yeah. of the last because we're in California. So it's the last one to go. Yeah. And in the final event, <laughs> me and Bill, I don't even know how we got them. I don't know how we got them either, but we got beers in our hands <laughs> broadcasting. This is how far we've come yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. the, in the professionalism broadcasting live beer in hand. And it took Nicole Carroll to come down. He's like, Hey, I get it, but let's save this. And I think I just like took a real big sip and I put it underneath my desk. <laughs> and as soon as I was like, all right, that's the NorCal regional. Congrats to the finales. And then we're out of here. And as soon as we were off, I was like, beer up, beer up beer in my belly. <laughs> oh, man. The old days, the good old days, good yeah, old but, days. But even like with that, like, so we have done, we we've done basically that same thing as, you know, educating and entertaining as much as we can in a variety of situations. I mean, with CrossFit, you know, they've always tried to really make it top of the line, you know, the right trucks, you got the good producers and the directors, you have all the right equipment and everything like that. And we have worked in the stuff that you see on, you know, all the football shows, all the, the world series events, all of that. And Super the people that do that Yeah, from that end, all the way to the flip side where yeah. we're in some events where 
there's no camera on us. We don't have any headsets that we have. We don't know when we're on the air, if we're on the air. We don't have any microphones. We are using a little lapel mic between the two of us, passing it back and forth <laughs> as we're trying to do an event while we are laying back on this grass field with no shirts on because it's hot because it's in Florida. <laughs> And we're sitting there calling this event with one tiny little mic back and forth, telling the one lone camera guy, hey, just stay wide on the entire stage and don't go to anyone. And we'll just talk about whatever's happening. Yeah. He like turns around and goes, what? I was like, just sit down, bro. Yeah, we don't, I was like, can you see the whole stage? Yep. Sit down. We'll, we'll take it from here. <laughs> or it's raining so bad. We're in the same place, by the way. Yeah. It's raining so bad that all the cameras are down. The event's still going on. And we're supposed to be calling it because people are paying for this broadcast to watch it. I mean, it's a subscribe thing. So we go into, they have all of this stuff. It's not a truck. They have a van with a bunch of electronics in it that's all shoved in there. They have one little black and white TV that is cut up into quarters. And we can see... There's one covered like GoPro that is stuck <laughs> over the main stage. You you can't see the start of the stage. You can't see the finish of the stage, but you see people kind of passing back and forth. And me and Chase are shoved into this van. We're like, hey, well, let's just get in there and we'll start talking about it. And we just start talking. The event's <laughs> going and we're like seeing people go back and forth on this screen. And we're just talking. Sort of can see stuff. It's I mean, it is. It is a torrential downpour. It was terrible. I think I know what you guys are. What year you guys are talking about? It looked oh, like it was man. shot on like security cam footage, and yeah, the yeah. van was off, and the doors were closed. So like it got all foggy in there. It looked <laughs> like <laughs> Rose and Jack from the Titanic are in there broadcasting, or doing whatever is <laughs> <laughs> they're doing. And we, oh, and it, yeah, we're like calling on what is like the screen size of a Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Like where yeah. they got that TV from? I have no idea. I don't know. And that is the best part. So like those are even in the moment, like it sounds like such a shit, shit show and it is right. Yeah. It's a train wreck, but it was just the way we did it. I mean, we made do with what we could. Me and Bill are always appreciative of any position we're in, especially when it comes to like serving the community and, and broadcasting to us is that opportunity. Yeah. It has nothing to do with us. Zero. The less it has to do with us, the better. The only thing we want you to know about is what we're telling you, not who's saying these words and what they look like. I'd yeah. rather not. <laughs> like <laughs> you're going on camera. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> Can we not? Can we just <laughs> come on the air and start talking? Because like I said, we don't want it to be about us. We want it to be about the people on the field and the people watching the video feed. Like that's yeah. our priority. And and you guys can tell when you listen to those broadcasts, you can tell that you love what you're doing. You love the sport, the community, and all those things included in there. I mean, that that comes through when you guys are on the mic. Cool. I hope so, yeah. That's what we want. I mean, it's, we don't talk for ourselves, even though we sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my awesome. pleasure, dude. It's been awesome. Before we go, where can they find you guys? Um, we talked about your podcast a little bit. Tell me a little bit more. Where can they find you guys and where can they hear you guys next? Oh, on the, on the, the podcast is called get with the programming. It's on all your, um, you know, podcast platforms that you get Google, Spotify, I, um, iTunes, all that other stuff. It's get with underscore the programming. Oh, you have a little graphic there. I got graphics. Very yeah. nice. Underscore the programming on Instagram. You guys can reach out to us there. Uh, we're running through our regional analyzing the programming series. You can find me chase underscore Ingram. Um, yeah. And the next one we have coming up, we have, uh, we have an episode actually dropping later today for our Patreon supporters, which is going to be cool. We took, uh, the 55 events that was the 2010 regional and we created our own standardized six event regional. So that's, that's pretty cool. That'll drop later. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find the podcast and myself and, oh, Mr. Bill Grundler. Old Mr. Bill Grunler. Old Mr. Bill Grunler. Jeez, oh, man. Old. I yeah. didn't put the D on it. Old, like old glory. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah, just at Bill Grunler. Um, same thing. If you do the, you know, anything on the the pod, the podcast posting, you know, we both see that. Um, I do a like, master's programming. I have my legacy uh, program that I do. You can find that at the underscore legacy underscore program. Um yeah, CrossFit Inferno is mine. CrossFit Big D is Chase's. That's right. 
Uh, I mean, we're splattered all over the place. I go on our YouTube. We get with the program. Oh yeah, we got that's right. Visual experience, people, like we are on this podcast here. You can find us there as well. That's right. Actually, we get we get a handful of comments on the YouTube as well, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, we respond. Respond every time. Yeah. And even on that one, like we'll do it with the one of the things that we didn't say real quick about the the get with the programming. It's not just talking what the games program is. I mean, we go back and analyze all the different stuff, but then we start talking to programmers. You know, what's their main feel? We we had Justin Kotler on here with Underdog, um, you know, before the games, which is really big because there was a lot of hype behind you know uh, his team as they were coming through. Um, uh, talking to those guys, talking to, you had awesome Maliolo on talking about the cap program, the CrossFit affiliate program and, and their programming and what they're trying to do. So we look at programming as a whole on there. So it isn't just competition. Was this event good or not? I mean, we look at programming as a whole pet peeves, you know, some things are very, <laughs> yeah. very, very opinionated. Some things are very fun. We did the whole Adam clink thing, you know, yeah. with the, the back squat and the mile run. Um, what was the other guy's name that, that did it like immediately right oh, after? The- um, oh, I was talking about the deadlift oh. dude. After the the that. deadlift guy. Yeah. Oh. Um, I screw up his last name every time, but ah, uh, anyway, they, they, we, there's a lot of really fun things on this. So check out the podcast, check out the YouTube. Um, it's a good time. We have a good time with everybody. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much guys. I really Thanks, appreciate Justin. your time. Thanks Justin. All right. With the Wadproof Pro Experience, you'll get instant access to training programs from some of the best coaches on the planet. From full training programs in the gym and at home, to movement-specific programs for weightlifting, gymnastics, engine, endurance, rowing, and more. We have a program that is designed for your needs, whether you are a beginner or a pro. Every training session introduces a series of questions. Am I happy with my performance? Where could I have gone faster? When will I be ready to go again? For Wadproof Pro athletes, also this question. What can I learn from that workout? With the Wadproof Pro subscription, you gain access to a complete training toolbox. From a full-featured exercise log, to side-by-side comparisons, to the ability to record your heart rate right alongside your rounds and reps. You have at your fingertips everything you need to learn, to make progress, and to go into tomorrow's training more prepared than today's. The best athletes are the best students. And with your Wadproof Pro subscription, you will have in your pocket the education you need to elevate your training and uncover the many lessons that every single workout offers you. Subscribe today so you can get better tomorrow.